0: Amen, sisters, how are you tonight? It's good to see you all. Um, My name is Minoru Chen, just in case you don't know me. and uh, um, I probably won't get a chance to meet and greet uh, this weekend. So I know certain faces and I don't know others, but it doesn't matter. I think it's important that we're seeing each other. face-to-face. I uh, travel a lot, and in this country, outside, and just be walking around in the hotel lobby or something, and people would say, hi, Brother Minoru, hi, Brother Minoru. I I cringed because I have no idea who they are uh, at all. I've never seen them in my whole life. I, I mean, really, and they have never seen me. And they all, not they all, but in many instances, they come up and say, like this. You, you haven't seen me, but I've seen you. Right. <clears throat> on the TV, you know, on, the, on these uh, 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 video. So anyway, uh, so please don't come up to me <laughs> and, and tell me you have seen me and I have not seen you. Okay. All right, um, actually, uh, uh, following some of the songs that we sang tonight, there's one that we didn't sing, but it is um, uh, mentioned in the first Roman numeral. We're not gonna sing it now, but I certainly would recommend it to you. Uh, Tonight, these days, it's a a very, very uh, excellent hymn, uh, 403. All the hymns with a dagger, you see with a dagger, uh, those are hymns by our beloved Brother Watchman Nee. And when you see an asterisk, those are songs by Witness Lee. So this is a dagger, so this is a Watchman Nee hymn. And you can sort of tell Brother Nee uh, has a kind of a flavor, uh, both in his uh, songs and I would say, even in his messages um I read a lot of what Lee growing up in Chinese that was before all these things were there's an echo here uh translated into uh English and the the Chinese being the original uh, um, expresses you know brother Lee um uh, in, in, in a lot more than the english and so um i read so much so that almost like if you read a passage to me just without me looking at anything i can tell you that's watchman the you know you you hear that voice so much you kind of you know and it's not just the words per se it is the tone it is the expression it is the way he convey things. And of course, all of us are different in this regard. And so 403 is one of those songs that, if I listen to it or just hear the lyrics, I would say, that's Bachman Lee. <clears throat> it's one of those songs. So, uh, not, uh, not only so, but really the content of this song. It is not a song with a lot of truths and doctrines and points like that, uh, it is a very, very intimate prayer in this case, starting with this line, Live thyself, Lord Jesus, through me. For my very life art thou. Thee I take to all my problems, and I'll ask the full solution now. Then he continued with the prayer, Live thyself, Lord Jesus, through me. In all things thy will be done. I but a transparent vessel to make visible the sun. Consecrated is thy temple, referring to us. Purged from every stain and sin, may thy flame of glory now be manifested from within. Let the earth, I love this one, let the earth in solemn wonder, it's like In my mind's eye, it's almost like universe, be still. Just be silent right now for a moment because something very, very important is taking place. What is that? See my body willingly, offered as thy slave obedient, energized alone by thee. It is not a small thing that there is a human being on this earth, who's standing there offering himself or herself to God, body, soul, and spirit, as part of that living sacrifice in Romans chapter 12. The whole earth has to stand still. All the creatures have to take note. All the angels have to pay attention. Because an enormously, enormously solemn affair is taking place. That there's a human being about to give his whole life to God. Every moment, every member girded, waiting, thy command, underneath the yoke of la- to labor or be laid aside as planned. When restricted in pursuing, no disquiet will be set. Underneath thy faithful dealing, not a murmur or regret. These last four lines help me a lot through various crisis points, Christian crisis points, um, to not be upset, not be stirred up, not be... uh, Discompopulated, not to be just in a uh, fluster state, but to be still before the Lord underneath his faithful dealing, because oftentimes those are the times that the Lord's dealing hands are there with you. He's dealing, he is touching. And may I say, he is even wounding not to bring about suffering for us not just to make us feel bad but in fact as a necessary work of his to cause the old creation in us to be reduced and also for the new creation to come about so it says in second corinthians The old man is decaying day by day. That decaying is through the environmental dealings, which in many instances are part of the work of the cross. But let the new man also be renewed day by day. So no death, no life, that is just The Lord has planned it. So, dear sisters, if you are going through something, uh, that is the Lord's hand working on you, the Lord allowing circumstances to come to you, Uh, I would very much like to recommend this song to you to sing. No murmur, no regret. Just receiving the Lord's or the Father's faithful dealing. For even ever tender, quiet, restful inclinations put away, that thou may for me choose freely as thy finger points the way. Again, he came back to this refrain, Live thyself, Lord Jesus, through me, for my very life art thou, thee I take to all my problems as the full solution now. Now, tonight we come to, actually these two days, tonight and tomorrow, uh, two lessons from this series of lessons for sisters. And we come to something that would be of interest to you, I'm sure, <clears throat> And that is the human life and family life of the sisters. Um, Now, I know there's a huge big ministry based in Colorado called Focus on the Family and other ministries like that. I'm not here to um, um, say something bad about that as the Lord has raised up different ones with a certain burden, they felt that is the Lord's calling to them to minister in a certain particular way. Who am I to criticize that? But in the Lord's recovery, we tend not to touch the matter of the family in quite that kind of a way. Why? Simply put, Because as noble, as helpful, as useful, those programs and those kind of books and help may be, um, it is without the view of God's economy, God's grand divine economy. And we must know that in the Lord's recovery, what make us special is this, that we see everything through the lens of God's economy. thats will keep us in the central lane. That will keep us in God's heart's desire. The problem is when we seek help and we entertain uh, help in all aspects of our human life, that is good. That is necessary. But in the end, even our human life and family life becomes the center. Tomorrow, you will see in the second message that we have to see the family life, sisters, is for the church life, for the body life, which means our family life is for God's (laughs) purpose for the fulfillment of his economy. This is a great thing to see. Then we can talk about family. Then we can talk about our human life uh, without being distracted, without going off on a bit of a tangent. And then we read already this first word tonight is about expressing Christ Through human life. Yes, we talk about the human life. But for what? What is the human life for? Ultimately, it is for the Lord's expression. And then secondly, in parallel, building up a proper family life. We absolutely need to build up a proper family life. I don't need to tell you the sorry situation in our society today, particularly just, say, the United States. You don't need to go far. How the family life is broken. It's under assault. It's fraying. And because of that, the society is suffering a kind of breakdown. Because the family life, as God has planned it, or have it, is the building block. The building block of a society, of a community, indeed of a nation. And so the same goes for us. Our church life, sisters, is our country. Isn't it? Our church life in God's kingdom is our nation. This is where we belong. We're regenerated to enter into the kingdom of God. And this kingdom today is realized practically in the church life. The church life is where we enjoy the reality of the kingdom where we live, the kingdom, where God rules and reigns. And for this church life, for this nation, this holy nation, actually, Peter said, this country that we belong to, called the church life, we absolutely need the healthy family life a proper family life. So let us go on. Tonight, I think because of the time being the first meeting, a little late, we probably will not have the time for response. Sorry. Tomorrow we have some time for that. We need to conclude this meeting by 9 o'clock. And I don't even know what time it is. I wish I have a... Oh, there it is. Okay, all right. 55 minutes is left for me. All right. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to read every line necessarily of this outline. You have it in your hands and you can get into it yourself. All right. But I will just speak uh, following the outline um, according to the Lord's leading and the Spirit's anointing. The first thing is God desires that Christ be expressed through human life. Dear sisters, this is important. Herein is God's economy. Why did God make man? He created the whole universe so that we have this sole planet. You know, today they're spending billions, gazillion dollars. Now they're trying to go to Mars. To find out if there's life there, you know what I mean? Now, if these astrophysicists and scientists would come to me, I'll save them a gazillion dollars. <laughs> and say, all those you can just use to better the society, you're wasting your time. There's not another planet in this universe like the Earth that we're on, that we're in, this planet Earth. This is the only place where life is found. This is the only place where the perfect condition is designed for life to exist. I mean life in general, all forms of life. And all these creatures, the vegetable life, the, the, uh, the um, 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 animal life, and all forms of life are there for a reason. Not just for beauty, not just for, you know, not just to fill the earth. So that in God's recreation, in those six days, the last day, he made the most important thing. That is the exclamation point to the whole sentence. After he made heaven and earth, He light, and then all forms of light and then the grass, and then the trees, and then the fowl, the fish, and finally the beasts of the field, the cattle. All of this, where God, after he said it, he said, good, like, it's okay. Until the last day. This time, he didn't just snap his finger. He didn't just call things into being. This time, he took, he took his time. And he actually, almost personally, molded this final creature. Called the man, Adam. Adam means red earth, clay, from which the first man was, was made. Not only so, listen. He made this man according to his image and his likeness. Now think about that. Think about that. You know, we all love the pandas. You know, I'm from China. You know, these <laughs> this just fluffy, cute, endearing little animals, you know. Actually, they're not that way, but they, <laughs> you know, they did a great marketing, you know. But anyway, this, but let me tell you, that is not according to God's image. Only you and I, the human being, was made carefully according to God's image And likeness. Look. Outside and inside. We. Look. Like. God. Hold that thought. I'm going to come back to that. But anyway. Why? Why? You know if I make a bust. Or make a sculpture. According to. My visage or my image, you you draw the conclusion of why I did that. Because I want people to see me, even when I'm not there. So I put this in the market square, I put it everywhere. I take photographs of myself and put it on Instagram, am I right? Because I want the whole world to see me. How pretty I am or whatever it is. God took a snapshot of himself. And that snapshot is you. It's me. Why? Because God wants everybody, I mean the whole universe, especially the angels, especially the bad angels, to see him. To see his expression all over the earth. The human being is made for one purpose. That is to express God. This is the meaning of being human. This is the purpose of the human life. This is what it means to be human. It is to express God. Then you say, well, God is not human. God is divine. Well, wait a minute. I come back to the thought that I asked you to hold. And that is if God made us in his image and we look like this. That means God looks like this. That means God has a human look. God has a human visage. God has a human form. God has some fingers. God has a head. God has a torso, limbs, arms. Right? Isn't that logical to say that? And not only so, God has a beating heart. Or oh, this side, sorry. <laughs> God has a mind that thinks, that reasons. God has tons of emotions. Read the Bible. Tons of emotions. He's an emotional guy, God, if I may say so. You know, he gets jealous. You think you're jealous? You can't beat God on that one. Fill with compassion. God is love. The Bible says. He is love itself. Talk about will. God's will. That is the strongest will. Nothing can change God's will. I don't care what. Including you and I. We cannot change God's will. Once he determines something, he sees to it that it will happen. Strong will. So no wonder we are like that. We can think. We can reason. We can emote. We feel things. We decide things. Why? Because we're made like God. So tonight I'm going to say something that will blow your mind. And that is God is not only divine, God is human. Way before he came in the persons of Jesus 2,000 years ago, he showed up at Abram's doorstep or tent step. As a human, as a human, I say the first human is God, fully divine, but otherwise, to use our terms today, fully human. For him, there's no time constraint. He exists in eternity. The second in the Godhead, Christ, was slain before the foundation of the world. As the Lamb of God. So was he human then? So, sisters, we need to be freed from systematic theology. On all these things that are more than wonderful and mysterious. Learn to just say amen Amen. to the word of God. Now, dear saints, I must come back to this, sisters. God loves the human. God's heart, entire heart, is set on the human being. There's nothing else in him. If you open him up, you'll find just human. His whole economy, his whole purpose, his whole counsel has to do with the human being. His whole plan and purpose, our definition of God's economy, is to work himself into the human being. The human being is his top creature. He, he, God put all his chips, if you were, on us. Even whether he can defeat his arch enemy, Satan or not, entirely depends on us. So man, the human being, becomes key, absolute key to God. He is the sole object of his love. God doesn't waste his time just loving the animals. He told us to love the animals and don't mistreat them. But God loves us. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It's man. Man. Filling his mind, day and night, 24-7, 365, with man, with man, with man. That was with you and me. And his whole heart, as seen in his creation of man, is that somehow this man would receive himself as his life. This man would somehow receive his Nature. This man would somehow receive his elements to the point that this man would be filled up with him, permeated by him, taken over by him, and even becoming. His expression as a human. You know, I know today you go to the Christian bookstore, filled with books on angels, yeah? And everyone would love to read books on angels. You know, because man is so bad, you know? So I don't want to be a man. I want to be an angel, you know? So we call our daughters angels. We give them the name angels. I come from the city of angels. (laughs) There is a kind of a desire, dream, that if somehow, if we can become angelic, oh, this world will be a better place. And somehow one day I wish I can sprout wings and some kind of halo descend on me and just complete the whole thing with a piece of white rope and put a cloud under me. I'm ready to roll for the rest of eternity. Tonight, I want to shatter that dream and I want to give you a much better dream. Forget about being an angels. You know what angels are? They are servants of the Most High. They're also ministers to us. Angels are not higher than us. Angels actually are lower than us. Although in Psalm 8, it says, You have made Him, referring to the Son, a little, lo- Christ, a little lower than the angels. So in terms of an order of creation, the angels precede us. No doubt about that. We came a little later. But that's because the angel failed. So God needs someone else. And that someone is not more angels. That someone is the human being. You and I are much more important than angels to God. Angels can serve God, angels can carry out God's projects and wishes, angels can render God praise, but angels cannot express God. Like you and I can. They can even display God's glory as the cherubim and seraphim. But they cannot subjectively express God as life. They cannot express God's person from inside. But alas, the human being failed. The human being was poisoned. The human being was snared and stolen from God. I mean, right under God's nose in the Garden of Eden, the snake came. Actually, by the way, the snake was an angel. So don't try so hard to be an angel. <laughs> At least one-third. Of the angelic beings. Rebelled against God. And so. What? This man was lost. This man was thrown in the gutter. This man. Who was made a vessel to contain God. In God's likeness. Like the glove for the hand. You all know that analogy. Is now. Stolen. Destroyed and left in the gutter, in sin, deadened, toxic, contaminated in every way, separated from God, set apart from Christ, hopeless, but God. Remember, had a will and nothing can change his will so God has a plan. God has a contingency plan. Through that plan it's called redemption. God came to redeem man. That means to pay a price, the top price that is his own life on the cross, shedding his own blood the precious blood of the Lamb, to buy us back from under the condemnation of God's law, from the tyranny and slavery of Satan, who usurped us, who owned us illegally, unrighteously. But nevertheless, God did everything judicially correct. God didn't come in, raid, and steal us back. God did everything legally. Because we sinned, we should die, so he came and died in our stead. We should be under God's wrath and be condemned to perdition. He took that wrath on that piece of wood. To the point that for three hours the Lord Jesus, the God-man, was separated from the Father God. There's no greater pain for the Son of God than to be separated from his Father. And yet he bore that for us. Sounds like I'm preaching the gospel tonight. Maybe I am. But that was just a procedure to reown us, to buy us back. Now, he would do a work within us in an organic way. That's the Christian life. Day by day to save us a little bit more from inside out. Firstly, he regenerated our deadened human spirit. Then, for the most course of our life, his work is targeting our soul. Because our soul is us. To sanctify our soul. To impart his holy element into our soul. To saturate our soul with himself. By doing that, this God, how wise he is. He turned the whole thing around. What Satan tried to do to poison man, God turned that around. To not only depoison man in the process, but to actually dispense and impart his, himself, into us. Filling us, our soul, our mind, emotion, and will, and I'll tell you one day, even our physical body. Pushing out or displacing all the things of vanity, of sin. Everything satanic. Every contaminant that has been put into us. The self, the old man. The natural life. All these kind of things that still kind of plague us to some degree because we're still a work in progress here, right? All these things one day will be displaced by himself. And he will saturate us with his own life, his own nature, all with one purpose, and that was to fulfill that purpose of creation, creating us in his image, so that we would not only bear his image without, that we would look like him, but we would actually have his life within us. Now we have the image without, and we have his life within. You tell me what that is. What that is. That's God. Expressed. In you and I. Now the point is this. Not in us as angels, but in us as human. Dear sisters, I want to tell you, we have this idea that the more spiritual we become, the more, you know what I mean, we grow in life, etc. We become more and more angelic, we become... Uh, less human. I don't know what we become. I don't know what's the picture in your head (laughs) of a spiritual person, but I have surely seen cases where people really are desperate to act it out, you know, that when I'm spiritual, you know, I'm spiritual, I look like this. And when I was young, I was kind of trying that for a few times as well. Because I think, you know, hey, when you're spiritual, when you're full of Christ or whatever it is, you kind of look different. You, you look... You know, this is where the whole idea of, be, of monks and nuns come from. You mean, I mean, you, you, you're supposed to be holy man, holy woman. Holy man and holy woman doesn't look, doesn't look common like you and I. They, they got to look different. So, if nothing helps, turn the collar, you know. (laughs) Something to make you different. And if that doesn't matter, put black all over you. If that doesn't help, the women put this white whatever thing on you. You follow me? Everything to try to look unhuman. Look, sorry, the free country, I can speak. You know, you heard in the news. Bigger problem than the priest in the Roman, Roman church are the nuns. I never knew that. I thought it's all these men. Because they don't marry. Celibacy, it's all demonic teaching to not be married. And that gave rise to all kinds of gross, sinful, degraded activity within that system. And I now the news is, it's quite possible that this kind of problem is more pervasive with the nuns than the monks, or than the, than the men-priests. Have you heard that? I just read it. Because they are women. The girls are more open. They're more, you know what I mean, whatever it may be. Sisters, tonight I want to impress upon you. Now that we're clear. We are made, we are designated by God, made by Him and redeemed by Him, and now indwelt by Him, and are worked upon by Him for one purpose that is to express Him. Now, I want to give you the second main point, and that is that expression that we're talking about here, here is human. Not angelic. Not like a monk. Not like a nun. But very human. In fact, the more spiritual you are, you really are, the more human you become. You know, I asked... The trainees, we have this, uh, nowadays, this kind of a speaking. God became man, right? That man might become God, right? Well, my question is, what does God look like? You say, I want to become God. Well, the question is, what does God look like that you want to become? Sisters, have you thought of that? What do you think God looked like? Hmm? Well, I used to think that God has no face, (laughs) his beams coming out of him, sitting on some great throne up there. Are we going to look like that? Some faceless spiritual being? You're wrong. You know what? God doesn't want you to look different than what you are. Except that it is another life living it. Another nature energizing it, another source sustaining that expression. The more we grow in the Lord, the more we become spiritual, the more human we become, but not by ourselves. Not by the way we live in our old man, in our old Adam. That has to go. But by us taking Christ as our life. I'm crucified with Christ, am I right? It's no longer I who live, am I right? But Christ who lives in me, am I right? But then Paul continued, he said, but the life which I now live. Now tell me who is living? Paul or Christ? No, he said, I live. Let me tell you, both are living. Both are living together as one. Christ is living in me and through me. I'm living in Christ and by him. These two lives will henceforth be what? Be joined, mingled And inseparable. It's not all Christ, it's not all me. It's both of us together sharing the same life and sharing the same living. I still put on a shirt, I still put on a tie, I still have to comb my hair. I still need to look like a man. But hopefully, in my combing my hair and putting on my attire or clothes and all of that, Christ is expressed. Through all of this, very human, even the human appearance. And you go deeper than that. Your attitudes. Your conduct. Your behavior. Your speech. The way You're with others. How about your husband? How about your children? How about your in-laws? In all of those relationships... We express Christ in our human being. Now, listen to this. This humanity is a new humanity. It includes your old humanity, but it is your old humanity. Being recovered, being restored, and may I say being enriched, and even being uplifted. These verses that we read tonight, from Colossians chapter 3 to 4, all those verses, do you find? It talks about ethical relationships in human society. This is not talking about some, something up there. It talks about, you know, what is ethics, what is ethical Relationships, ethics talks about the moral principles that guides, that controls human relationships. That's ethics. And don't think that now we believe in Jesus, we, we, we have eternal life, we don't care for ethics, we don't care for these kind of things because I'm going to be, be like this, be an angel like this. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're totally wrong. God doesn't want this meeting hall to be filled with <laughs> f- fluttering wings and God wants this meeting hall to fill with beings just like you sitting right there and me standing right here except Within is not, no longer just me, the old me. But now there is a new me, and that new me is Christ. That's what he's doing. That's the work of regeneration. That's the work of renewal. That's the work of sanctification. That is the work you see, of growth. Every day when we come and love the Lord, we eat his word, we pray, we call on his name, we contact him. All of this is so that he can fill us even more and transform us, our soul, and eventually mingle with us, in a sense replace us in a what? Organic way. I say replace us. I don't say displace us. There's a difference. Replacing the elements, the essence. But they, he never displace our being and our person. Steve is still Steve. You know, I know you wish your husband would Start sprouting wings. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. <laughs> so we better give that one up. But something better will happen. you will still be him. Right. But one day, you say, what is going on? Amen. It's still him. Is still holding his fork that way <laughs> that I don't like. But something is there. Something is coming out. Something is being expressed. The attitude changed. The feeling changed. What happened? I tell you, Christ is expressed. What I'm speaking here, dear sisters, is not just some pipe dream. No, it's happening. It's happening right now. I know it's happening in you. But my burden is that it will happen quicker in all of us. (laughs) How about that? You say, this is a sister's conference. What, what you talk to us is good for brothers, you know? <laughs> because they need, they need to change. <laughs> well, I'm not with brothers, I'm with you. So I'm tonight telling you. Sisters, this is the view of the human life as a sister, as a female, as a woman. Please forget today all this feministic stuff. Sorry, I may be offending a few people here. I don't want to get into that. I have a lot to say. I mean, okay, Let me just take one of them. <laughs> you know, feminism is supposed to uplift the woman, right? You know, so that they would have all the rights and all the. You know what I mean as a woman. And in that sense, I'm a feminist. But no, today, feminism is not that. Actually, a more accurate term of feminism, especially today, the radical type, is actually masculinism. They're trying to make women into men. Now, that is not feminist. Okay, forget about that. (laughs) Sisters, I speak to a lot of sisters in my ministry. I don't know how many sisters. And I always tell the sisters, not in a way of buttering you up at all, but I speak from my heart because of the word of God and because of our experience. In the church life. And that's what gives rise to these lessons. And even these burdens to have these trainings, what not, like this. Sisters, you are pivotal, vital in the church life. In in everything. In your marriage. In your family. In society. In every way. If you heard some of my sharings before, our dear brother said, and I agree with him, that 70% Of the building up of a local church. Depends on the sisters. I say an amen to that. And I don't say that to make you feel good. I say that out of conviction. And you see something more which time I better get into right now. So I did not read anything from Roman 1, because you can read it. It talks about monks and angels. You can read it. (laughs) Dear sisters, before that, I'll just say this much. Now, I'm not saying this even just to lay the burden on you, like 70% depends on you, so I'm going to put 70% of the burden on you. (laughs) Brothers, 30%. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. But how I wish you will see who you are in God's economy, who you are in the building up of the body of Christ, who you are. The Lord knows. The day when I begin to realize the critical importance of the sisters, I almost went to the Lord and said, Lord, why didn't you make me a sister? Not talking about sex change and those kind of nonsense. You know, really speaking, in the eyes of God, the brothers are all female. Before Christ, we're all a bride. We're all female to God. God is the unique male in this universe. That's why even we brothers say, Lord, husband, Jesus, we love you, right? Because we're female in that way. the sisters, I just don't know how to transmit this burden into you, how important you are. So, firstly, again I say, your human life is to express Christ. So you're in your family, you're, 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 uh, you're, you're in a domestic situation, you... You cook, you do the laundry, you, you raise up the children, you, you do this and that. So many things that seemingly are just kind of mundane, routine, just kind of pure human stuff. But sisters, there's a great difference. Is while you are doing those things, you are enjoying the Lord. You are living Christ. You're expressing the humanity of Jesus. Jesus, when he was on the earth, was totally a man. Even people tried to entice him to do wonders and do miracles. He wouldn't do it, just to make the point. That he is a man. There are cases, situations where he did it. Because of the people's unbelief. But as a rule, he lived an ordinary human life. From a baby on to a boy on to the time when he came out and ministered. Just look at him. What a man he was. In the end... When he was brought before Pontius Pilate. All he could do. Is. Behold. This man. I find no fault in him. My. I tell you. What an expression. No angels there. Even God did not send angels to save him from the cross. Which he could have done. Legions of them. No he would not. He would stay. In the position of a man. He would live. As a man. And he would express God. As a man. This makes the enemy shudder. This defeats. The enemy. The humanity of Jesus. So sisters. Don't. Let those minutiae in your daily life, those little things in your life pass by. Every minute, every occasion is an opportunity for us to express Christ a little bit more. No one will see it, but let me tell you the angels will. Now, I come to Romans 2. A good church life is maintained through good families. So we do need to build up good families. We do. We absolutely do. Healthy families. That verse in Proverbs, right? We read last, a wise woman builds her house and we actually have verses from Proverbs 31. You know, I gave two messages on Proverbs 31. I don't know whether it's on the website or whatever. On a worthy woman. A worthy woman. My goodness, I was so, so impressed. What is a worthy woman? You'll see, if you listen to those messages, that woman is a woman who takes care of her household. Household, her household. Her children, her daughters, their clothing, their food. God made the woman in this kind of a way. It's almost instinctive in creation. For a woman to take the lead in a family. The family is the building block of a nation and a community. Likewise, the family is the building block of our church life. Our church life is as strong as our families are strong. And so today, the enemy's work is obvious to destroy families. A. The family life, I'm reading now, life of our next generation has much to do with the church life of our next generation. The church life of the next generation will be strong only if you take care of this matter well. So we're burdened for our next gen, you know, our children, the children's children. How do you ensure that? Of course, it's the Lord's mercy, the Lord's grace, and all of that. But on our side, on our part, we have to do something. And that is to build up healthy families for our children to grow in. You know, my wife and I, we serve as partners for since since we were married. So, Today is over 40 years. We're partners in serving the Lord. We together as a couple minister to many, many young people. Of course, um, um, inevitably, marriage is a big one, right? A big matter. So, for example, just two days ago, we have this young brother, sitting on the sofa in front of us, because he said, I have a desire to be married. It's time for me. You know. And so we took our time to share something with him. no, we did not start with, who's on your heart? <laughs> uh, who, who, who caught your eye? It's way down the line. We first talked to him about the importance of marriage to God. We took our time to educate. He said, goodness, I didn't come here for the, expect this. I thought you're going to help me how to cord, how to hook up, you know, how to... Then we talk to him about how critical marriage is in God's purpose, for God's economy, the church life. Then we talk to him, the first thing is not to look for someone. The first thing is to go to the Lord. Before even you have anybody in your heart Go to the Lord and pray and consecrate the whole matter to God. And fourthly, we say, this matter, in order to be blessed by the Lord and covered by the Lord, you best consecrate this seriously to the Lord and leave it in His hands. We didn't talk a thing about how to date, how to do this, how to do that. Brothers, it's a serious matter to have a proper family. Now, I know today, because of society and the situation, even for us in the recovery, we don't have all wholesome families. Even maybe our parents and ourselves, but never mind that, never mind that, tonight I'm burdened just to inspire us, to educate us, sisters. First, we need to build up the proper married life and family life, and then we shall be able to build up the church life in that order. You can be here building up the church, and it's crumbling and tumbling over there on the home front. It does not work that way. I say this word, sisters, again, not to condemn you. Some of us are in certain situation, not of our making. I say this broadly to all of us. Some of us who are older, we have a burden to minister to the young ones. We need that. The singles, so-called. But don't do this lightly. I have seen well intentioned saints just mess things up for somebody's whole future. Getting married, you know what is the first thing we told this young man? Is God's word. The Lord Jesus' own word. That is, you don't divorce. And then he then say, but Moses allowed you know, this document or whatever, right? You remember that? And he said, this is because of the hardness of your heart. That is not God's ordination. God, those God put together, let no man put asunder. That is God's word. We want to impress this young man with that. See, in order... Hey, Steve, I'm a little over time. Am I okay? I'll finish this, huh? I'll finish this. Okay. In order to have a proper family life, the mother is more important than the father. Now, we're not talking about marriage here. They're going to be a module of two... Lessons just on marriage. So tonight we're not on that. Tonight we're on the family. Okay, so the mother is more important than the father. The father can be a little bit deficient or lacking. But if the mother is doing her job, so to speak, the likelihood of this family to be normal and healthy is greater than the other way. It's just the way it is. In a family, the responsibility is mainly on the side of the wife. In order to, you know, tonight, you remember Colossians? Okay, did you read? The first thing is wives, then husbands, then what? Sons, all right? And then fathers. And then slaves, and then master. The first thing is wife. Of all these ethical human relationships, brotherly talk about this is a description of spirit filled ethical relationships. The first thing is the wife. The wife. Oh, today the enemy's work is to target the women. To make the women, I don't know into what, but not doing this. In order to have a properly family life with a properly home life, the wife must bear the majority of the responsibility. That is correct. Although the man occupies a higher position in a secret, actual, practical, and subjective way, the real situation of the family depends on the female side. On the surface, a woman's position may not be manifest as that of a man, as manifest as that of a man, because the man is the head, according to God's ordination. I think you realize that. We have some lessons on the headship. Two, nevertheless, the woman in a family bears a large and important responsibility, and her influence is profound mothers sisters you 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 influence everything you influence your kids you influence everything <clears throat> 3 as a good wife and mother a woman needs to bear everything in a family nevertheless she should not make decisions and act on her own a wife should do things with her husband's consent and under her husband's leading, even though 90%, 90% of the household matters are in her hands. Now, I am not saying this to the brothers. You know, you're scot-free, you know. It's all on them, you know. No, wrong. Absolutely wrong. It's a partnership. The man have to do His job in a family, and of course, no doubt in a marriage. So I'm not doing that. But tonight, I just want to make this point in a strong way. How important you are. You are in your family. You need to stay under your husband. I know that's difficult, extremely difficult. Sometimes it even seemed like he's not deserving of your submission. I know, I know. Sometimes I'm bad boy too. But sisters... In any event, God's ordination is the man is the head over the woman. And Christ is over the man. And God is over Christ. Even Christ is under. Never take this feminist thing like to be under is a shame. To be under is to be oppressed. Don't take that. I tell you to be under His glory. As Christ placed himself under the Father in total obedience. What a beautiful humanity that is. Father, your will be done, not mine. How beautiful that is. So, some of you are maybe even widowed. Some of you are married. Some of you are not yet married. I say the same. I say the same. It would be most normal. For even sisters, young sisters among us who are not yet married. You're not even ready, you know what I mean. To have this thought. To have this thought. This thought will guide you. Will steer you. So this is why we need to have some of these previous lessons. To expose the philosophy of this present age. The evil, even demonic and rebellious philosophies of this present age. That is basically taking this country down. Is that okay? Are you will you come back tomorrow morning? (laughs) Or did you say, if this is what this guy is going to talk about, I'm out of here, right? Well, what can I do? I think by now you know my heart. I don't have one iota of disrespect for women. And for you, sisters, I tell you, I hold each one of you in the highest regard. I hold my wife in the highest regard. I do. But consider this not just so that you can have a good marriage, a good family, and good grandkids and all of that, but all in the context of God's original intention in making man for himself to be his expression and how he created families. Actually, he made a man, but he also made a woman out of the rib of that man and brought him back to that man. And that woman that he built, it says he built the woman to be a helpmeet and a counterpart to this man so that this man and this woman will become a unit, a human unit for procreation for sure, but also very much for the fulfillment of God's heart's desire. That has not changed, despite the society we're in and all the kind of crazy stuff going on. That has not changed one bit. We in the Lord's recovery, in the church life by His mercy, are coming back. To God's word, coming back to God's original intention. what a wonderful thing this is. Amen. 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 All right, I think it's good to have just a little prayer with your neighbor. How about that? Amen. <laughs>